Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of Hard Foul Radio. Appreciate you for spending some time with me. I don't take time lightly and neither should you, so I appreciate you kicking it with me today. Um, It is Friday, like I said, this whole week. Uh, a lot of afternoon episodes just because time we're going into work early, so we got to get it where we can get it. So let's start. <clears throat> so Thursday night football last night, uh, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. And my initial reaction to it was the Cardinals are feeling a lot like great players, not so great team, right? Like Kyler Murray, we all acknowledge is great. DeAndre Hopkins, we all acknowledge is great. Maybe the best receiver in football. Um, They have good young receivers. They have players in certain positions. But overall, you can't say they're great yet. Uh, Even the Bills game, yes, they won on a great last play, but the Bills led the entire game. Uh, Last night, even though they had a chance to win it, the Seahawks basically led the entire game. Um, So this feels like great players, not great team. And if I'm Kyler Murray, I think he needs to be worried about that. Kyler Murray should look around the league. You should always look around and see people that are in your profession or doing what you want to do and seeing what they do right and seeing what they do wrong. Kyler Murray should go look at two specific quarterbacks and see, all right, I think this is already wrong or trending towards wrong. I don't want to go down that same step or same route. One of those quarterbacks is the guy he played last night, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson got paid, deservedly so. Now Russell Wilson, we all acknowledge, is a top two, top three quarterback in the sport. He throws a lot of touchdowns, gets a lot of yards. But we also acknowledge Seattle has a lot of flaws. Seattle is not great defensively. They're not good on most nights. Seattle does not have a great offensive line. They're not good on most nights. Seattle has two good receivers. One we think can be a great receiver in DK Metcalf, but he's still young. So Russell Wilson, we all acknowledge his greatness, but we also acknowledge the pieces around him, not so great. And that's really the only thing stopping him from being a Super Bowl team. Russell Wilson is playing like a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but he does not have the parts and pieces around him. Kyler Murray should be looking at that. Then let's go to our, and Seattle is our trending the wrong way for this example. If you want to see how it's gone wrong, look no further than your number one wide receiver's former team. Deshaun Watson is not a 2-7 and seven quarterback. Deshaun Watson is not a third place, arguably last place in his division leading quarterback. But Deshaun Watson is 2-7. and seven. Why is Deshaun Watson 2-7? and seven? Well, Deshaun Watson is 2-7 and seven because the Houston Texans mismanaged and were poorly ran and made poor decisions for four years while they had Watson at a great rate, still on his rookie contract, and they had the chance to really build around him. And they didn't. And now Deshaun Watson who still has very respectable numbers, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions, a 90 quarterback rating, still very respectable numbers. He's two and seven. And if it wasn't for the Jaguars, would be last place in most divisions, not named the NFC East. What were the Houston Texans the last couple of years? They were Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, if he wasn't hurt, and then just a bunch of meh. They had a couple of really shining, great players, shining star, great players. And then a bench of meh. They had some great players, not a great team. See a trend here? 
when Seattle first got off in the beginning of the decade, when they first brought in Pete Carroll, uh, beginning of last dec- decade now, technically being 2020, what did Seattle have? Well, we say they had a great team because they got to a Super Bowl. When in reality, they had seven or eight great players, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, um, Bobby Wagner, and then as Seattle has lost some of those great players, and now they're really just Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, Metcalf on some days, and we think Jamal Adams is, but Jamal Adams has been questionable to say the best in Seattle. Great players, not so great teams. Kyler Murray, you're in your second year in the league. There is no reason, and you'll get your numbers anywhere. I am convinced, I've been saying it since he got drafted, Kyler Murray, like Kyler Murray works. I know he's short, but he works. He's going to be it. Um, he's His numbers are better than even the numbers that Lamar Jackson put up last year in his unanimous MVP season. You're going to put up numbers whenever and wherever you are in your career. But if you want sustained success, if you don't want to be Russell Wilson looking around saying, wow, I don't have a lot of great players around me. If you want to be Deshaun Watson and go, wow, I'm really only have, I'm really two and seven and fighting for last place in my division in my fifth year in the league. If you don't want to be that, don't make the same decisions they made. I'm not saying don't try to get for the biggest contract that you have, but be very aware, be very aware of who the team is bringing in. Be very aware, be even aware of your head coach. Be very aware, be very critical of all that stuff. Bill O'Brien won division titles. He has won division titles. No one today thinks Bill O'Brien is a good NFL head coach or qualified NFL head coach or a not qualified quality head coach. No one thinks their GM in well, for the Texans case was uh, Bill O'Brien as well, that he is a quality general manager. In Seattle, there's questions about, all right, do they still have the right people in place? We all know Pete Carroll's going to be on the Hall of Fame. We know that they built a great team in the early 2010s. But has Seattle drafted that well its last five or six years? Now, Kyler, he looks nice this year because they just brought in DeAndre Hopkins. And Larry Fitzgerald came back because he wanted to play with you again. And right now, it's fun. Right now, it's exciting. Right now, it looks good. But unless you want to be like these other guys who've seen in the same trajectory, in the same profession that you are in, and you've seen it trending downwards, or in Deshaun Watson's case, just fail, be very critical, be very aware, put ownership on the organization that they continue to surround you with guys. I said this about Dak Prescott, and we're going to talk about the NFC a little bit later, but Dak had a great chance. And the Cowboys players aren't as bad as they seem this year. But once that got hurt, essentially the idea of them winning went out the window and the guys are playing like it. But Dak had talent around him and he had a chance that if he was willing to take just a little bit less and be aware, be very aware of his situation, something Tom Brady's done for years, something uh, Tim Duncan in the NBA did for years, let the team be built around you. Make sure you're aware of what's going on. You have some say in what players they're bringing in. They're not just drafting. They're not just doing what Green Bay does with Aaron Rodgers and drafting you a backup quarterback who won't play and a third-string running back who won't play and a linebacker who can't get on the field. No. 
be on it, be involved, see what has already happened in the league and do not be a victim of the same circumstances when you've already seen someone else in your position fail. Kyler Murray is great. Kyler Murray is, gonna, Kyler Murray is great. He's going to stay great. He's going to put up numbers. He's going to put up yards. Um, Lamar Jackson's going to be in the same exact situation. If you want to be great, though, and have sustained greatness, you need to be aware of what is going on in the league. Be very aware of what is going on. Um, excuse me. Be very aware of what is happening in your organization and around the league. Uh, Kyler Murray needs to watch out. From, from there, moving on to another NFC team. Uh, Taysom Hill is going to start this week for the Saints. And Taysom Hill is, I don't know if he's going to be great. I don't know if he's going to be really good. What I do know is Sean Payton is probably a little bit smarter than me when it comes to picking quarterbacks. I do know Sean Payton is probably a little bit smarter than me when it comes to running an NFL offense. I'm going to give him that. I'm just going to throw my hands up and say, hey, you know what? He's kind of been doing this for the last 20 years. I think he's a little bit better than me. There is something, though, that I think Sean Payton needs to be not concerned, but I think he should be aware um, because this will be a very big defining moment in their season. The Saints have already beaten Tampa Bay twice, and they've beaten them soundly and convincingly with Drew Brees as their quarterback. So Saints players right now are going into this game with the expectation of if we just keep – if Taysom Hill just plays good – and we play good enough to win, and we continue on our trajectory, and we win the NFC South, we're good. We're going to the playoffs. We're going to beat Tampa Bay again. We get Drew back in a couple weeks or a month. This will all be well. What if Taysom Hill plays really good? Right? Like, we don't need to worry about If he plays really bad and they just fall out of playoff contention, it's, it's not going to really change anyone's mind or anything. It's like, oh, you lost Drew Brees? All right, now you're not making the playoffs. And that's a real easy thing to write off. Like, that's how I feel about the Cowboys. Dak's not there. You're not going to make the playoffs. But what if Taysom Hill plays really well? And I mean really well. And they start winning, and they keep, and they keep winning games. Not just winning games because the defense and Alvin Kamara are great, but they're, playing, they're winning games because Taysom Hill is great. Now, we've all seen Drew Brees decline. Now, his numbers might not show it. I believe he's still leading the league in completion percentage. Um, his... His numbers are not terrible, but you've clearly, if you're watching him at 42 years old, obviously he's not who he was, 41, 42 years old, who he was when he was five, six years ago. Now, what? not only if Taysom Hill's playing well, but what if other guys are playing well with him? Michael Thomas is having a the complete opposite of the season he had last year, where last year you couldn't get him to not have not eight, nine catches. Now he just went this last week, two catches for 17 yards, I believe. Alvin Kamara's still really good, but he's not having the kind of season Alvin Kamara's used to having. So what if Alvin Kamara starts to get his more normal numbers with Taysom Hill? And what if Michael Thomas starts to get his more normal numbers with Taysom Hill? Well, now you have a quarterback controversy. And you might be saying, no, you don't have a quarterback controversy. How can you have one? You have Drew Brees. He's one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks of all time. Even though we've seen him declining. So I don't try to relate everything to Denver, but when it's just there ready for me, I, I have to take my chances. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in 2015 with the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning wasn't 
completely useless as an NFL quarterback. Peyton Manning wasn't, while he has probably regressed more than Drew has at these current parallels in their time, Peyton was coming off a great season, 37 touchdowns. Peyton was the MVP just two years ago. Peyton Manning was still Peyton Manning. And Peyton had regressed to a point where Denver decided to put Brock Osweiler in. Now, Drew's getting replaced because of an injury, not just because of underperforming, but those first three to four weeks of the season, if you remember, Drew was underperforming. Drew was throwing interceptions. Drew didn't have the highest completion percentage in the league. He wasn't throwing the ball more than 10 yards downfield. There was talks. Could he get benched? Maybe not talks inside the organization, but people talking, thinking, oh, Drew can't throw the ball like he used to. Are they going to move? They're too good. They still have a chance to win the Super Bowl. But is now their window with Drew Brees as their starting quarterback winning the Super Bowl closed? Brock Osweiler got five games. Now, remember, once again, Manning has Drew Brees has not regressed as bad as Peyton Manning did in 2015. But regression is regression. And at that age, you're normally not coming up much farther than what you've fallen down. Taysom Hill is young. Taysom Hill is more explosive than Drew Brees at this point in his career. And if he shows it and he plays like it and he gets some of these guys who are not having the normal production back up to their regulars, who's to say they don't want Taysom Hill as their starting quarterback? Do you think Michael Thomas isn't a little annoyed Drew Brees can't throw the ball a 15-yard dig route? Do you think Alvin Kamara's not a little bit annoyed? He's probably got, he just got a new big contract and there's probably incentives in it depending on certain statistical goals that he reaches. I think he's not a little annoyed Brees can only make one kind of pass to him. Denver won a Super Bowl in 2015. This does not say that New Orleans cannot win a Super Bowl uh, with Taysom Hill. But because you have the history of a guy coming in with a great team, playing well, getting it to the Super Bowl, a la Nick Foles just three years ago. And that's, we still talk about Nick Foles in Philadelphia. Taysom Hill plays great. Watch out. You got a brand new quarterback controversy in New Orleans. Man, it's Friday. It's great. Uh, so glad to be in. Appreciate y'all for uh, spending some time with me. This is Hard File Radio. We'll be back momentarily. back we are back we are back this is hard foul radio appreciate you guys for joining in today um that's gonna be my first spot i put an ad when i start getting real ad money start just coming back from the break with ads like do you need a new raise never mind um (laughs) so something and like i said i don't want to spend too much i don't want to spend too much time on this i'm just gonna ask a simple question and then i will let you guys decide um 
Do you know how sometimes politicians or elected officials or, I don't know, you could even break it down. You could even say your parents do this from time to time. They'll start, they'll talk about something because they think it's the right thing to talk about. And you're just looking at them going, no one was thinking about this. No one cared about this. This was never an issue or a problem or an actual thing. Why are you, why are you telling me this? That's how we should all feel about sports shows in the NFC East. No one is asking about the NFC East. If you go, and going outside right now is obviously a lot different, but if you go out and you're talking to your friends, you're talking to people on Twitter, talking to people and on whatever social platform, however you get your social part of your day, no one's asking, you think the Giants can catch the Eagles? They got a whole three wins, I don't know. They're looking pretty good. It's a real good 3-7 and seven team. No one's saying that. And yet, repeatedly, and I mean daily, sports shows are talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles and Carson Wentz and now Daniel Jones and the Giants. and there, There is no good story coming out of the NFC. I'm sorry. There's one good story coming out of the NFC East. And that is the team in last place. That is their head coach, Ron Rivera. That's it. Go look at his story, what he's had to deal with this year. That's an actual good story. That's an actual headline we're talking about. The rest of the NFC East? Oh, boy. And, and no one's asking for it. No one is No one is wondering, what are the Dallas Cowboys going to do today? Oh, Jerry Jones said this. It's almost to the point of it feels like if you – you might still have the newspaper delivered to your house. I don't know. Depending on who you are, you might still have the newspaper delivered. No one's reading the newspaper. You might still have it delivered, but you're not reading it. You have a phone. You have the internet. If you need news or headlines, or events, they're essentially sent there or before a newspaper could ever get them. But they'll still send the newspaper. We didn't need the newspaper, but they'll still send them. We don't need daily talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We don't need daily talk about the New York Giants. We don't need daily talk about Carson Wentz. But we get it. There is no good there is no good headline coming out of the NFCs. And I am asking on behalf of Anyone who, and I and I and I talk bad about sports media all the time, but I want to watch something. I love. I love. I used to love turning on ESPN and watching ESPN for hours. I used to love um in the very first year watching FS1, watching FS1 for hours when it was new. I used to love watching um ESPN. I, I could watch sports all day and sports sports games, media, entertainment. I used to love that stuff. Now I can't get through 10 minutes, and it sucks because I want to watch that stuff. That's the entertainment and the media consumption that I want, and I can't do it. Outside of a couple personalities that I think are funny, I think Shannon Sharp is hilarious. I think Shannon Sharp is great. I don't want to hear Shannon talking about Dallas. Dallas isn't a real team. The World Series gets one day. Oh, the Dodgers won the World Series. Wonder what's next, and they move on. 
The Dallas Cowboys will get four headlines a week. LeBron James will get 10 headlines a week. Um, Kevin Durant will get 10 head. Like, it's just. And that's even the bigger one on the NFC East. At least LeBron, you can argue, even though it's a bad argument, well, he's the greatest basketball player of all time. We have to talk about him. You don't, but at least he's great. The NFC East is terrible. Terrible. I repeat, the NFC East is terrible and no one cares. Please stop talking about them. And that's all I'm going to say about them until they get eliminated from the playoffs. And even then, I'm probably not going to talk about them. So my gambling has sucked. Um, my picks have been very missed. Um, I've been keeping track of it, and I've been coming on here and telling you guys, because some weeks I do it, and that's just bad, and I don't want to really talk about it. Um, talk about it more on Hard Left on Monday. So, but I've been doing it with Tony, too. Tony uh, from the Real Big 3 Podcast, he is plus two on the season, so he's got, he is up to, uh, I haven't been keeping track of overall record, I've just been keeping a plus minus, I'm minus five, so Tony's doing better than me. So, there is, however... Um, he sent me in picks this week and starting next week, um, I'm going to be doing pick for pick against him. So he's going to pick X amount of games. I'm going to pick X amount of games. We're going to come in here, compare, and we're going to keep a running tally until the season is over. So, but these are his picks for this week. I'm just going to comment on them. I don't have picks for this week. I had, I went Oh, for four last week and just, I was, I was over it. Um, so let's start. So starting first game Bengals at Washington football team. He has the Bengals plus 1.5, so he has Washington covering. Um, I think this is a bad pick. Uh, I think Joe Burrow, after after his first game getting embarrassed, really, because there's been games where, yeah, the Bengals have lost, and the Bengals might have lost by a lot, but Bur- not even really a lot. I'm sorry. Burrow's been competitive in every game. The Steelers game is the first time they were not competitive, and Burrow played bad. I think he's going to bounce back. I think they beat Washington up. Um I think Washington is, they're a complete developmental team. They have a couple guys who can be good. The Alex Smith story is really nice, but they're not ready to be a competitive football team yet. I think the Bengals are closer to being a competitive football team. Like I said, Burrow got embarrassed last week. I think he's going to bounce back big. Uh, I think the Bengals win this 31-24. And so I disagree with Tony on this. And I'll keep this notice. That way, you know, we can talk about it later. Uh, the New England Patriots at Houston Texans. He has the Patriots minus two. Uh, I agree. The Texans are the epitome of dysfunctional, not organized. They are they're just a they're a mess. They're a dumpster fire on wheels. Um, the Patriots, even with less talent than they normally have, they're the exact opposite of that. Uh, very detail oriented. Very buttoned up. Cam has played well. Obviously, has had bad moments. Uh, but for the most part of the season has played well. And um, it's, yeah, the te- Texans are on no GM interim head coach. Deshaun Watson is, like I said, it's, it's just bad over there. Uh, so yes, I agree. Patriots cover. So Patriots minus two. Miami Dolphins at Denver Broncos. Tony's wrong. Um, he has the Dolphins minus three and a half. I'm going to disagree with him just off the basis of it's the Broncos. Um, in reality, Miami should win this game. Miami's got more momentum, um, the more accurate quarterback at the moment, and the better defense, and the better... Everything shows to Miami should win this game, uh, but I'm disagreeing with Tony off the basis of his Denver. 
Uh, Packers at Colts. He's taking the Packers plus two. Uh, I don't like this bet either. Um, I wouldn't bet this game, but I do believe that um, the Packers do cover. Excuse me. Um, sorry, the Packers plus two. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I'm sorry that the Colts won't cover. So I, I, I'm picking the Packers plus two. Um, this really comes down to I think the Colts can beat Green Bay, but also the Green Bay can beat Indy, and it's too close to call. I would never pick with these amount of points. Um, so I'm going yeah, Green Bay plus two. Then um, he has the money line for the Jets at Chargers. Uh, I don't really deal with a lot of money line bets, uh, but it's minus 400 right now. So, yeah, you know, man. Uh, so, more importantly, though, we're not, like I said, I'm not dealing with the money line. Uh, Tony Knight, disagree. Cincinnati at Washington. Um, I think I said that wrong, actually. I'm sorry. He has Cincinnati plus 1.5. So, he has Cincinnati winning. Yeah, he has Cincinnati. No. Yeah, no, Cincinnati's winning. So, we agree Cincinnati. We agree New England. We disagree Miami. And we agree Green Bay. So, those are Tony's Picks of the Weeks and um, yeah, the Bengals are underdogs. That just threw me off. I, I have to restate that. But yeah, the Bengals are underdogs um, at Washington, uh, but I have the Bengals winning that game. So, we agree on the Bengals. Sorry, I know I, I had to re, re-watch that and re-look um, at that again. So, we had the Bengals covering, or the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals winning with the Patriots covering. Uh, we disagree on Miami-Denver, and we agree the Packers covers. We agreed on three of the four. Uh, we'll see how this turns out. Um, hard right, hard left next week. This is Hard Foul Radio. We'll be back momentarily. Hard Foul Radio, appreciate you guys for being here today. Uh, just had a little mic hiccup. So, we're going to do a little bit of fan hour real quick, and then we'll get on to something only I would understand. Um, It's kind of good. It's hit and miss right now. Um, The Pelicans are really excited. Uh, obviously, there was the Drew Holiday trade. I love Drew, but I think the way that the Pelicans are trending, which is we're going to give a young team to Stan Van Gundy and see what he can do. It's the opposite of the Anthony Davis approach, which is, oh, he's great early. Let's just throw in a bunch of guys and just make this work. The Pelicans look like they are taking their time. Um, they're going to let Zion, Ingram, this, and Lonzo, the young core, evolve and grow. Um, 
I hope Lonzo stays with the Pelicans. I don't know anymore. Um, I, he's with the whole situation with his dad and clutch sports. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but excited for the amount of young players they have, letting them get to develop together. Um, not insane. I'm not sure if they'll be a playoff team this year. I think there's a chance. Uh, but just excited that there is uh, the direction. I like the implementation of the plan that they are using. Uh, also really excited because it is being reported by Woj and Shams, um, very reliable sources, that uh, Brandon Ingram is going to sign the max contract once free agency begins tonight. Uh, so that's super exciting to hear that he will be there for a while. Meaning you're going to have a three or four year run with him and Zion. And since you're doing it this way, it's not just, oh, we got to win and we got to get to the Western Conference Finals. If these next two years are really good building years and Ingram's is still a 25 point per game guy and Zion's a 25 point per game guy and they're both healthy and Lonzo's um, a dynamic point guard. You, you then have when it's time in three or four years, now you have when Zion's ready to sign his first max. Now you have a real team and a real core and guys that have played and grown up together essentially in the league. And that's going to be huge. Um, when you're a small market like New Orleans is, this is really the best plan that you have. Um, especially, you're just not going to keep getting number one picks each decade. Um, it's just not going to happen. And you're not going to get players like, like, in three straight decades. Let's say Zion's great. That means in the course of 06 to 2019, a 13-year span, you will have gotten Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, and Zion Williamson. And Zion's great. The other two are already, Chris Paul's going to the Hall of Fame. Anthony Davis, one of the five best players in the league right now. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. And if Zion turns out to be that, you've got three all-time great players. You're not always going to get that. In fact, I'd bet you might not ever get that again in the history of your franchise. So, you need to figure it out. With Chris, you did it. You did it the correct way, essentially. Like, you had a young David West, a young Tyson Chandler um, with him. Um, and Chris was great. So, that team got to grow and build together. Unfortunately, it did um, patter out towards the end. Um, with Anthony Davis, you just rushed it because he was like, oh, my gosh, he's this great by game two. We have to just trade for this guy and trade for that guy and throw this piece in. And they wanted him to be an all-NBA lead a team to a championship title at like 22. So that obviously didn't work. Um, with Zion, like I said, this is the right blueprint in my opinion, especially given all the circumstances, former former teams that you've had, um, the, uh, yeah, the former teams, the system, uh, Stan Van Gundy, young players. I like it. That's, that's really all I can say. I like it. Uh, when it comes to Denver, uh, I'm a little nervous now. So I have preached patience forever and I will continue to preach patience. I don't hope, I don't want Vic Fangio to get fired. Um, even if Drew Locke doesn't work, I don't want Vic Fangio to get fired right now. I think to only have two season trial runs, I just think it's so stupid to me. It's two seasons. If you don't make the playoffs in two seasons, even though we were a bad team before, you should just come in and immediately change all that. Life doesn't work that way. And I hope Elway keeps Fangio. Um, obviously I've been on record of saying, you know, theoretically there was a chance that they had Kyler Murray and Kyle Shanahan, but you know, you know, but you can't live in the past. So 
with Fangio getting a third year in his defense, the defense works. Like, the defense just works, guys. Um, Their rankings before their offense, look at Denver's defense per before their offense just flutters. Like, the first quarter of Denver's games are always competitive because their defense is really good. The second quarter of most Denver games are still good because their defense is really good. Their offense is meh. By the time the third and fourth quarter, when you've seen your same offense go three and out so many times, eventually, yeah, guys, just stop trying. Like, what is the point of even if we get the ball back, even if we get in great field goal field position, the best game you could arguably say they played this year was against the Patriots, and their offense couldn't score a touchdown. Um, so the defense works. Uh, I hope Fangio stays. Um, and then with Drew Locke, I also think Drew Locke to be considered a bust or not or not good anymore after not even a full season of starts uh doesn't sit well with me um i just think that's too fast like i said i I preach a lot of patience here on this show and to just put him in for what will essentially by the end of the season he'll have played all of 18 games and to say all right 18 games he's not it i don't think that's right no, is, is he Mahomes or Lamar, a guy who gets off to a fast start? No, of course. He's already missed the boat. To be, he's already missed the chance to be in that group of guys. But Derek Carr with the Raiders, he didn't get off to a blazing start, and he's still a franchise quarterback. Excuse me, Dak Prescott, while his record was good, he wasn't just this throwing – he wasn't what he is now, throwing for 300 yards a game. Um, it's okay to let guys develop. And I just think it's a really bad habit and a really bad system – to just continuously have guys not develop, rush guys through the league, and just say, oh, well, if he works in two years, awesome. If he doesn't, get him out of here. Uh, But with that said, I also am nervous because with Drew Locke, supposedly they're already splitting snaps with him and Brett Rippon. And I haven't seen Brett Rippon since the Jets game. And I didn't really want to see him anymore. No offense to him. I just, if, if Drew Locke was playing well, you would never hear from him. And now he's doing press conferences this week. He's on the Zoom calls. They're saying he's splitting reps at practice. And if Denver's already given up on Drew Locke, Drew Locke has no chance. If Denver's even showing doubt in Drew Locke, Denver ha- Drew Locke has no chance. Um, Now, if Drew Locke doesn't work, I obviously hope they go and finally commit to the big-time quarterback. Um, It wouldn't be a terrible thing, considering their cap space, that if they could get a rookie contract quarterback... Then that lets you resign Simmons, lets you resign Bulls, that'll let you resign Chubb another year, that'll let you keep Vaughn's contract on. Um, I'm a big fan of Justin Fields at Ohio State. Obviously, Denver's not going to have the first overall pick, so Trevor Lawrence is out of the question. But they could get, uh, like I said, Justin Fields in the top five. Uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a very. It sucks. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to preach patience when it comes to these kind of things. I think the idea of a two-year trial run, you're out of the league, is stupid. Uh, Drew Locke will have started all of 18 games if he finishes the season. And I just don't think that's enough time to, like, what was Peyton Manning through 18 games? What was Tom Brady through 18 games? Like, we have to just start being more realistic that these guys are, I understand, since Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco came in the league and they were good right away. They weren't great, but they were good right away. And now our justification is, well, they did it. Everyone's got to be up to that standard. No, sometimes it's okay to let a guy develop and come along and also give the fucking football to Philip Lindsay. Gosh, damn. Sorry, I'm not trying to cuss that much, guys, but that was just, it's, Philip Lindsay is literally 
the most productive player per touch on the offense, and Pat Shermer refuses to give him the ball. So that's my fan hour. Um, hope you appreciated it. If you didn't, oh well, that's my show. So, you know how we guys, how we end shows. So today, for something only I would understand, and like always, everybody might understand this, but this is how my brain gets to it. The NBA draft I was watching the other night, and I was struggling. Because after we all knew uh, Edwards, Wiseman, and LaMelo were probably going to be the top three picks, and then after that, I started squinting my eyes and going, who's that? I started wondering, is that guy... Who, who is he? Oh, and then this guy from this universe. And then, oh, this guy from this school. And, oh, this European player. And I didn't I didn't know, like, 90% of them. And I love sports. And I love basketball. And I, while I don't have a college basketball team, I like watching college basketball games. I like knowing these guys. Um, and I just didn't. And I even talked to somebody that knows a lot more about and is, like, legitimately into college sports. Like, hard, hard, hardcore. Um, watches as much college football, basketball. He watches both men and women, like just all about college sports. And he said, yeah, there's really just not a lot of stars in this draft. Um, he said, there's still good players and guys who he thinks can be really good fits. Uh, he mentioned the guy that went to the Spurs, that being a really good fit for him and he could have a good career, but there was really no superstar star. And he said, if anybody was going to do it, um, Wiseman to the Warriors pre Clay Thompson injury was a really, he thought was the best situation and chance for a guy to become a star. And, um, LaMelo could obviously be a superstar, he said. And this is kind of the problem that the NBA is having right now. This is, and the NBA doesn't have a lot of problems. The NBA is on a great trajectory. They, they don't let uh, that one guy tell you differently. Uh, the NBA's numbers are great. They're great. Um, but the NBA does have a certain issue with the fact its draft feels a lot like the music business. Now... I, I love music. Uh, if you're listening, you probably like music too. Um, one of my, even though it's really no longer a music podcast that I listen to, um, and it's not really a secret, is the Joe Budden podcast. And they talk about all the time, um, Joe talks about all the time, that when you are an act and you get on with uh, a hit song, um, it's great because the label's going to put money into you, they're going to put money behind the record, and they're going to work it, and they're going to make you a bigger star than you probably are or deserve to be. But then, once that part's over, even though you are signed to a major label and they are supposed to be responsible for some of your uh, some of your advertising and pumping you up and making sure that your product does not die down, if you don't have a hit record anymore, a lot of times they just push you to the side. A lot of times they're just like, all right, well, you know, it's time for you to put music out again. Uh, we're looking at your budget. Hey, go get yourself hot again. Go put out some free stuff, and then we'll see, you know, what it's looking like. Come back to us in two months. And as a young artist, especially the way a lot of hip-hop and rappers are signed now at 19, 20 years old, you don't know how to go do that stuff. You don't have to do self-marketing. You don't have to go do your own self-promotion to the same degree these major labels can. Especially not to the degree you need to to stay relevant in a very competitive market. So when that happens, what do you do? Well, you go away. You become the one-hit wonder. And while fans may laugh at a one-hit wonder and go, ah, yeah, you only had one hit and then nothing else, there's a lot that goes into that. In the NBA draft, who really had a profile that you were excited to see or that you, a profile that you knew off memory? 
I'm waiting. If you say that you knew LaMelo Balls, no, you didn't watch him last year and you couldn't tell me the name of the team he played for. You just know who his dad and his brothers are. Anthony Edwards, we didn't watch at Georgia. And understandably, there is games, obviously, that were canceled due to COVID and all that stuff. But even with no COVID, this is still a real problem in the NBA that they've had with the NBA draft the last couple years. Most notable guy to come out the last couple years is Zion Williamson because he built up not just a one-hit wonder-style-esque record with his YouTube highlights. He followed up on that with his performance at Duke. He followed up on that with his interviews, the way he carried himself, the charisma. He continued to put himself in front of the camera and continued to make himself a much bigger star than, um, than anybody else in that draft. John Morant was the second best player in the draft. And we were all told John Morant was the second best player in the draft for months. You didn't watch John Morant play. You didn't watch Edwards play. You didn't. And Wiseman, unfortunately, had an uh, NCA situation um, that he only got to play, I believe, it was three games. But you didn't, you didn't watch Wiseman play. There's a lot of these guys that, yes, National Signing Day, He's going to Kentucky, or he's going to North Carolina, or he's going to name your big-time school. And that's their hit record. And then once their hit record is no longer the number one song in the country, once their hit record is no longer topping the charts, and they want to go back out and do it again, go enter the NBA draft and get some buzz for themselves, the label's looking at them like, well, what have you done for me lately? A lot of parallels between the NBA draft and the music business. You can go get yourself a hit record. You can go get yourself some buzz and they'll promote you once you've already done the work. And now you're rookies in the NBA and you essentially have to do the same thing. The teams will promote you. They'll put you on billboards, posters. If you um ever played NBA 2K, um, you play well, you get your endorsements faster. You don't play well, you got that C minus team teammate grade because you keep doing aggress- excessive call for pass. You're not going to get the endorsements as early as you should. You're not going to get the promotion as early as you should. They're going to make you wait. You want to put out a second album? Go do something. Something only I would understand. With that being said, appreciate you guys for tuning in. As I always say. Um, time is valuable. I value time and you should value yours. So I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Uh, we will be back on Monday and if everything goes right, cross your fingers, we'll be live streaming next week. Uh, cross your fingers. This is hard file radio. We'll be back on Monday.